Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. In his last episode, Robert took a look back. This time around, he's going to take a look forward. I'm Patrice Sakura, And Robert, 2023, can't believe it, but it's here. And what are you thinking about? Yeah, I can't believe it either, but ready or not, here, here it is. <laughs> so, true. so, yeah, con- contrary to the old cliche, t- um, time is money. I mean, time is not really money. Time is more valuable than money. You, you can earn more money, but you certainly can't earn more time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, time is far more important. Wealth creation is really the best, best antidote to poverty, in my opinion. And, um, Boy, I heard an interesting discussion really got me thinking, just just to shout out to another podcast I listened to. There's a gentleman named Andrew Huberman. He has a Huberman Lab podcast. He's a professor of neurobiology and ophthalmology at Stanford School of Medicine. But he he had a whole podcast last month about happiness. I mean, who wouldn't be interested? But really what's going on in the brain and the body at all kinds of levels, you know, from, from your hormones to just everything, your exercise, your sleep. I'd encourage you to check that out. He's a, if you want to get really good into science by a guy who, who explains it really well, but uh, I'm sorry, that's Huberman, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. Yeah. 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 Just to give a shout out, maybe we can include that in the show notes. I get to the episode, but any rate, it just got me thinking, you know, he was talking about the role of money and, you know, does it make one happier? I mean, it, it, it doesn't really make one happier per se by ways they can measure, but it, it certainly buffers a lot of life stresses, mm-hmm. you know, um, for example, you know, getting some help that you need. Maybe if, if you need to get some health care done or, you know, you can afford to pay for it or, uh, you know, getting a babysitter or a gardener or a prescription or, you know, a gym membership or some coaching, things like that. I mean, I, I just got a blood test recently and there's some additional tests that I think are really essential. I want the data back and they're not covered. So I just pay for them. I can afford to do that. But, you know, he laid out some really good thoughts if you're interested in looking at that. And um, it's a great podcast. I actually heard him speak in Los Angeles get this if there's any hope for humanity uh he he spoke at what's called the wiltern theater in los angeles it seats about 2500 people sold out audience on a sunday night with people taking copious notes so (laughs) i thought that was great people are listening to a really great expert but um you know beyond that just just a general reminder i i think capitalism is a ladder we climb you know, socialism, this is something I read, but I'm just sharing with you. Socialism is when someone lowers down a rope and offers to pull you up and they can stop pulling anytime they choose, which sounds a little risky. Uh, so with the ladder, you, you can ascend upwards and each rung is a stepping stone. The bottom rung is minimum wage. So, you know, that that's just some overall perspective. 
Abraham Lincoln suggested if you have six hours to cut down a tree, you should invest a big chunk into that in sharpening your axe. Mm-hmm. Not just cutting the whole time. Yeah. So uh, everyone you meet will either be a fountain of optimism or a drain of negativity to varying degrees. Really important, I think, to, to surround yourself with positive people. I mean, you want to hear the truth and frank, frank reality, not, not hide it or not rose-colored glasses. But, you, you know, I've also heard you're, most of us are sort of the average of, or, or all the influences, the top five people you spend the most time with are really influence the, the way, you know, you think about things. So it's really important to surround yourself with good people. I mean, I think about my team, my family, friends, those, those are all really important. And you don't want someone that, that drags you down because they will if they're in your, you know, uh, you're spending a lot of time with them. So they're negative. They're negative. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been doing this 25 years now, so it's, it's not just one year of experience 25 times, you know, it's been an ascending progression that has built upon itself through periods of calm, moderate fluctuations and intense volatility. The goal of my process is to create an impeccable client's experience while achieving liberation and order in a client's personal life. So I'm always striving to add and find the multiplier in all relationships. Constant refinement. You've got your process. You're constantly working on that. You're working on yourself. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just love the idea of being a better version of yourself on a regular and recurring basis with, within, you know, realistic constraints, but that to me, that's very, very exciting. Uh, Alvin Toffler, the author of future shock wrote about recently wrote about what he called the new illiterate. And this has nothing to do with the ability to read or write, but rather the inability to break old patterns, to learn and relearn and unlearn. So not being set in your ways and defending it with, we've always done it this way, ensures that we'll constantly refine and optimize our current approach while being open to expanding. And I have to say, with all the technology around that, I find that very interesting because I find I'm constantly having to relearn something or learn something in a new way because of all the technology. Right. Yeah, that's a biggie, right? Being forced to adapt. Sometimes it's great. Some people find that stressful, but yeah, there's always, you know, that's why I, you know, I, I reference this Huberman. He's right on the cutting edge of, of neurobiology and he's very fortunate. He can speak. He's kind of a rock star in the science world. I mean, I'll just, I'm speaking off, you know, the cuff a little bit here, but a lot of these folks at, at these big universities do not have the freedom to speak the way they like because of funding or the university doesn't want to get involved he he's doing it so i mean he's like if you don't like it i'll i'll go to mit Mm, (laughs) you know so you know but he's providing a really great service and he's constantly learning and even some of these things of you know within science that we thought were um the way it was sometimes they're finding they're they're not true at all you know Mm -hmm. or, or not not that they're just discovering new things all the time. So I, I just find it fascinating. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of and really big on self-care as a normal process. But, you know, by that, I just mean there's this sort of putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? If you're on the airplane, mm-hmm. I mean, they literally instruct you to do that, right. right? Even if your child or grandchild's next to you, you're not going to be of help too much for too long if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. So 
you know, proper sleep. I mean, they're finding sleep is so essential with respect to your um, immune system and your readiness and your overall health. Uh, obviously, diet, exercise, reducing stress, that kind of stuff. That the reason I focus, obviously, I want to feel good, but I want to be optimized and in a in the best position, kind of like game day. You know, you're not going to show up for the Super Bowl, um, you know, sleep deprived and undernourished and not trained and ready. You got to be ready. But I kind of view every day like that. We're we're a little bit like a um, you know professional athlete here, so we're we're constantly training. And you know, the athletes spend a lot of time training and regimen and with rituals before that, you know, you're, you're just seeing them on the court or on the field, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So, so I, you know, I'm really big on that. I recently traveled uh, last week, a very brief trip, just to, just to go visit my son in college. We actually saw a concert together, which was a lot of fun. And I probably wouldn't have gone midweek, but he texted me at an extra ticket. He's 20 years old. Uh, you go, you go that many moments when your 20 year old says, Hey dad, I'd like to do something together. So, um, the travel and stuff was a little bit, um, you know, travel is stressful, but I, I have a regimen and I've recovered, but, but, you know, to realize that that's important, you know, I mean, yeah, you're staying up late and there's lights blaring at you and that kind of, it was really a great experience, <laughs> but, uh, paid a short-term price, but, but I do have a process for getting, back in the swing of it. And then I knew there was client calls the next day and you, you know, they, they expect you to be showing up a hundred percent, right. You don't want your doctor to be sleep deprived. I mean, flying the airline, right. They have very strict rules on, you know, how many hours these folks should operate. So I try and view it in the, the same way. And, you know, the integrity of balancing service to others along with service to self, um, self-care helps me be in a better position to serve others, you know, my clients, my family, friends, those in needs. And, you know, ultimately you, you can't drink from an empty cup. So it's important to kind of keep rejuvenated because we're, we're literally in a proverbial, you know, ultra marathon here. And um, you need to learn how to pace yourself. And um, anyway, those are some thoughts. <laughs> great thoughts, great thoughts, but keep going. Don't stop. What, what else makes you different? Who, what makes you different versus other others in this area? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and as you can imagine, I've been asked that many times. I'm asked that all the time. So, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I, I think it would come down to our people, our practice, and our process. Our people possess all the credentials you'd expect, and they're passionate about what they do for clients. And, and we're frankly, we're very good at it, but it doesn't stop there. All of us have adopted a mindset for best practices and standard operating procedures to create a consistent experience, and we take a lot of pride in that. Lastly, there's our process. We've developed and refined a process that puts every piece of the puzzle together and engages every service provider as our clients' lives unfold and needs evolve, ensuring they'll always have a complete picture. So our clients constantly tell us how much they appreciate that. So again, it would really come down to our people, our practice, and our process that set us apart. Okay. And that process, you've mentioned it in many of your podcasts before this. I encourage listeners to go back and listen to those if they haven't already. Uh, tell me some more other interesting areas you've been working on. Yeah. Well, so, you know, certainly estates, dealing with people's estates, continuity, succession planning, investment legacy, 
and all the dynastic intergenerational issues that are a big part of our process. Uh, from an evolutionary standpoint, again, after doing this 25 years, I've seen a lot of clients over that time frame shift from sort of a transaction type mentality into, you know, buying into more of a fluid and dynamic process. Hmm. That's what they're looking for. And we deploy that. So, so when a client plats their flag at their personal summit, summit, I should say, the burden often shifts from, will I have enough so that I don't outlive my money to what becomes of my legacy and will it hurt or help the next generation? They have the rest of their life uh, to live after they sell their business or they retire. So what will give them purpose? How will the next generation cope with the inheritance? That's an interesting question. Yeah. So, you know, managing second generation found money, it can be very different than managing first generation earned money. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're dealing with that. Um, they say if you spoil your kids, you'll raise your grandkids. And if you, <laughs> if you, if you raise your kids, you can spoil your grandkids. <laughs> I mean, there's so many mysteries. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm also dealing with family businesses sometimes. I mean, most family businesses don't make it through to the second generation and virtually none make it through to the third. I mean, fortunately, I'm working with one right now that's been transitioned off to the third generation. It's working beautiful. But to realize how rare and uh, exceptional that is, um, you know, they're obviously doing something right. Is it that the second generation doesn't want it or they just don't know how to handle it or both? It could be both. Maybe they don't want it. There's an expectation. Maybe they didn't build it from the, the ground up. Mm -hmm. Maybe the first generation doesn't know how to um, transition it off. Sometimes there's just some family dynamics at play there. Uh, like you know, one of the go, how to let go, how to let go. <laughs> one child feels he's not being treated as well as the other, are they even ready to take it? Um, so, you know, there's all those issues. It's, it's not for everyone. I would love someday to transition off to my son or one of my children, but uh, they've already expressed that, uh, you know, that's not their plan B, plan C, plan D. It's not even their plan Q, but I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> let them know it's, it's going to be a lot easier than building it from the ground up. Uh, and they might, yeah, if they get the letter Q, they might want to think about it. But there's a lot of reasons for that. So those that do it successfully, that's great. All right. As we get uh, close to the end of this time again, Robert, is there anything else you want to go over as we wrap up? Yeah. Um, well, they just recently announced uh, increased limits for retirement uh plan contributions for 2023. Uh, I always get super excited about this. And um, I guess it's kind of nerdy or technical, but let me give you the context of why I get excited. Again, doing this for 25 years, you know, that the theme of the podcast, The Millionaire Next Door is the overnight tw uh, 25 or 30 year success story. And so I remember when you used to be only able to put $2,000 into an IRA. I don't know if you remember the, those days. It wasn't yeah, really that, that long, long ago. ago. Not that long ago. So, you know, it's grown over the years and I've seen people sock it away every year. And sometimes the markets were great and other times they weren't, but they, they built it up into quite a nest egg. So when they increase, um, it's just part of that process. It's one of those things you have to do on a regular basis, the self-care, the sleep, the 
the diet, the, you know, and if you stop doing it, it's going to catch up with you much later in life. You might get away with it in your twenties and thirties, but you get your forties, fifties or sixties, it's either going to be working with you or working against you. Mm. But that that's why I get excited about it. So, so for 2023 for 401k plans, 403b, 457, which is really for government, all these, what they call qualified retirement, you know, employer-based plans, in 2022, one can contribute $20,500 maximum. That is now going up to $22,500. Uh, there's also what they call catch-up provisions. These are for folks that are age 50 and older. They In 2022, they could add an additional $6,500. Now they can do $7,500. So interestingly, now that you know, someone 50 or, or over can do $30,000. That, that's actually 10% or $3,000 higher. Um, some of these are driven off inflation and, and those amounts had not increased that much in prior years. So I get excited when they, they increase those, of course, are abilities to contribute to your retirement plan and take a tax deduction in the process. So uh, another one is called defined contribution plans. Um, this is often for self-employed, a SEP, that kind of a thing. We work with a lot of self-employed folks, consultants, et cetera. Uh, in 2022, the limit on that was 61,000. That's now up to 66,000. So that's a nice little jump. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing this inflation play in and played in quite a big way in social security benefits for the first time in years this year. Um, and th those folks can do the catch-up contributions as well that I just mentioned, um, going from $6,500 to $7,500. Uh, IRA contributions uh, in 2022, the, the max was $6,000. That's now $6,500 in 2023. And there's also catch-up contributions. Uh, it's $1,000 if you're age 50 or over the, in addition to that, that $6,500, that amount didn't actually change over the prior year. Um, so, you know, as, as we sort of wrap up, I guess I, I just want to wish everyone, a, I'm not sure exactly when this will release, but I hope you had a great holiday season or have one and, and a very peaceful and prosperous new year and future. Um, let me know if you have any questions or if I could help um, in any way. And then just a shout out to our listeners um, please let me know if you have questions or if there's any topics you'd like to hear. I I'd love the idea of having like, like a listener request episode, stacking those together, hear what's on your mind that you can imagine all the questions I take on. There's so much changing in the world right now with inflation, with interest rates, uh, just perspectives, you know, on what's going on in the world. So I'd love to engage. Just, just let me know. And, um, thanks for listening. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I look forward to that episode. And how can listeners reach you if they do have something they'd like you to address? Yeah, yeah. I would say all the all the usual methods, just Google me, Robert Curtis CFP, and that should open up a number of things. My LinkedIn page, you can connect there, probably my Facebook. Uh, there's a series of videos, about 15 different videos one can watch. All of my podcasts should be up there. Um, and simply email me, uh, rcurtis, R-C-U-R-T-I-S-S -S, at seia.com. Uh, you're welcome to call my office as well if you want to see if we can set up some time. I'm happy to 
have a conversation. If anybody has any burning questions or just shoot me an email and I'll, I'll get back to you. And if you follow this podcast, you will know when your question is addressed by Robert Curtis. So follow it. You'll get all the newest episodes too. And of course, don't forget about the past episodes. They're all great. And share with others you care about. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors or Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.